Welcome to the Gospel Care Podcast. My name is Jason Kovacs, and I'm one of your hosts. Today's podcast, I have a conversation with Kevin Stratton. Kevin is a counselor on the Gospel Care Collective team and is a licensed counselor as well as a trauma specialist. In our conversation today, Kevin and I talk about the definition of trauma, how we understand trauma biblically, and how the church can care for people that are walking through trauma. We also address how can the church be a healing place, a safe place? What can the church do? What can pastors do? We talk about the role of the body and the soul and the importance of understanding the body and the interplay between the two when it comes to care and healing and doing biblical counseling. So thank you for joining us. Hope you enjoy this episode of the Gospel Care Podcast. Well, man, Kevin, thank you for taking time to have this conversation. It's been one that I've been looking forward to. Uh, it's been a joy to have you join our team uh, as uh, as part of the Gospel Care Collective. And uh, you've had a really unique journey. Um, you've had a lot of different experiences. You've worn a lot of different yeah. hats. Um, I, I thought it would be cool to hear a little bit of your story and your journey of how you've gone from being a church planter, student pastor, worship pastor, now to trauma counselor, uh, and all the things you do now. Uh, so maybe start off yeah. by telling us a little bit of, of your journey, how God's brought you to this place. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a blessing to, uh, for God just to lead me here to the gospel care collective. Um, yeah, so I started off um, feeling called to ministry earlier in college and surrendering to that. And God just kind of started opening, you know, little doors at a time and then uh, ventured into me being in full-time ministry. And um, I'm 46 now. That was back when I was around 20, uh, 19 or 20. And so stepped into to leading worship and then stepped into the youth ministry and media ministry, um, did some graphic design and videography stuff, um, and then ventured into being a uh, pastor of uh, worship and youth, and then got into church planting and became pastor of worship um, and media and helped out with facilities all the way to um, to care and discipleship and dabbled in community groups and um, spent about 18 years in vocational ministry. And then um, God called me to be in counseling as a ministry. And so I graduated from Midwestern Baptist Theological um, in 2017. And God called us back to the Southwest Missouri area, to the Ozarks that, um, that my wife and I loved. And so um, he opened the doors and, my internship was down there, and I got connected with um, Victory Mission, which is a a men's um, and now men's and women's programming, but it's a men's shelter, and I'm the only licensed counselor there, so I'm licensed in my state in Missouri, but I'm also now a certified biblical counselor through ABC, and I'm also a certified clinical trauma specialist 
through Trauma International. And so it's just kind of where God led me to my internship and into a men's shelter and working with a lot of trauma, addiction and post-incarceration transition and a lot of complex post-trauma and lots of, of meth use and all that fun stuff. I was very intimidated coming into it, my internship, um, but I got hooked and um, and I love it. I've always just been able to like walking through life with people, whether up or down, whatever it is, of just being with them. And so I had no clue this is where it would end or be, um, lead to. So, um, but here I am being a full-time licensed counselor and we've stepped out of vocational ministry, but now I'm doing a lot of ministry. Um, had one guy say, man, you really dove headfirst off in the deep end in the ministry. Um, and it's a daily basis. So deal with suicidology a lot every week. So yeah, so lots of trauma, lots of just meeting people there and walking with them. And it's been cool. It's been cool to um, be able to give back and to encourage. And I mean, I meet with some church planters that are struggling and um, teenagers that are struggling and mm-hmm. marriages that are struggling. We've done marriage counseling and um, but then I also work with the homeless and the and um, men and women that were incarcerated. So, yeah, it's a lot, but it's um, it's it's cool to see where God's led. I've been now at Victory Mission for five years, um, and I'm the counseling director there now. And I supervise students from our local university that um, are trying to become counselors. And it's cool. It's cool to see where God has led. I'm excited yeah. to be here. Yeah, that man. That is that is quite the diversity of, of experiences over the years. It's like, basically you've done every pastoral role you could imagine in the church. And then uh, now, but even as a counselor, you're, you're seeing so many different people, different ages and coming from so many different and diverse backgrounds. What I'm curious, just, I mean, cause right now you, you, I mean, you're, you've, you're seeing the spectrum what would be something that, you know, as you're seeing a, a pastor or a church planter, uh, even an adolescent, and then you're, you know, you're also seeing people that are in your, in your treatment center there. Um, mm-hmm. Do you see differences? Do you see similarities? And what are, what are some of the things that, um, that, that you're seeing in, in, in those diversity of clients? Yeah, I think the one thing in common, I think about all those is that they're, um, they're wounded people and it doesn't really matter who they are, but they're, they're wounded and they're image bearers. And so, like I always say, I don't, I don't work with felons. I don't work with schizophrenics. I don't, I don't do that. I work with people mm-hmm. who struggle with those things. You know, I work with people. Um, I work with image bearers that struggle with schizophrenia or I work with, you know, I work with people who have struggled with, um, with incarceration or who have felonies and, um, just to kind of, you know, encourage them. And also my mindset, I'm going, I'm, no one's exempt from making an unwise decision and you never know what somebody has been through and why they're doing what they're doing. And so that's that kind of commonality. So I, every situation, every person is unique. And so I do my best to be slow at that and get to know exactly where they're at if I can so that I can walk with them in it. Um, but it's, it's common across all those ages and they've been impacted or wounded by something and there's something's confused. There's confusion in there. So yeah. usually we're looking at image of God and self and then probably others also. 
but those three views, God itself and others were probably skewed for some reason. Mm. Um, and so we're trying to identify it and then apply truth to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that. To see the image of God in people, regardless yeah. of what they're presenting issue is or, you know, life circumstance. I think an important thing for all of us to consider mm-hmm. and think about. Yeah. They're being totally controlled by it. You know, it's totally impacting all their life decisions when they think I'm just a felon and I'll always be this way and I'll never amount to anything. And they have these, these negative views on themselves. And, but then also they're transferring, you know, God's failed me and he'll, um, he's just up there putting his thumb on me, won't let go. And he's just punishing me. And a lot of times I look at their stories and I'm like, man, no wonder why you think that way. You know, I, no wonder why you come to that conclusion and try to normalize all that, but then go like, what does, what's the God of scripture say? Who does he say he is? And who does he say you are? Mm. Cause that's that, that's that cop, capital T truth that we want to, to venture towards and to really challenge our hearts to go, man, what have I, what am I being convinced of? Yeah. You know, what am I believing? And why am I believing this? Like, why did I, how did I get here? Why am I staying Right. And how in the world do I get out of this? And so I try to divide it in three like that if I can. Yeah. It's really across all those ages. Is there something that's really impacted their view of God, self and others? And it's not always that obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you, you have specialized in, as you've mentioned in trauma, you've got specialized training in uh, working with those who are dealing with trauma Tell me what what's your definition of trauma? I mean, talk to me a little bit about how you see trauma, and and see it biblically, and uh, and then how to approach it with a process of healing with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we usually think of the the SAMHSA definition. I mean, it's I've got it written down here. It's because it it's the an event or series of events or circumstances that is experienced by an individual physically, emotionally harmful um, or life-threatening that's just last, that has lasting adverse effects on their functioning, mental, physical, social, emotional, spiritual well-being. Um, they've even divide, divided, divided into acute, chronic, and complex. It's really just that event or a stream of events or things that have hit them so much that it's it sh- shook, shook their body and soul. And, you know, we all respond to that traumatic event differently. You know, somebody could have post-trauma to the event, and I experience the same thing, and I don't. Um, that's why it's such a case-by-case basis. There's a quote by Judith Herman in Trauma and Recovery that just continues to stick with me. And this is what she says. Traumatic events call into question basic human relationships. They breach the attachments of family, friendship, love, and community. They undermine the belief systems that give meaning to human experience. They violate the victim's faith in the natural or divine order and cast the victim into a state of existential crisis. It just kind of reveals the impact of some of that trauma on people and how it can affect people and what it does shake. And that, that response is normal. The abnormal part was the trauma, um, mm. not how you're dealing with it. Um, it's okay to not be okay, but we don't want you to stay there. 
we want you to know like God has been with you and he can heal you. Um, and there is hope in the midst of that. But that man, that Judith quote just keeps getting me because that's a lot of the people I work with is, is that quote right there. So yeah. I'm yeah. really slow, really slow with trauma work. I want to try to just get to know where they're at so I can understand. I seek to understand first. And then I just try to empower and go, you know, how do we help give you some resources first before we even look at these events and what they are? Even in the intake process, I just have them give me a title or they do the we have them do the A score and we move on. So I don't want them to revisit it. I want them to have some stabilization and some resources to use. So safety and stabilization is that first first thing. Um, and getting them, well, I guess getting to know them first, building that rapport, getting to know their situation and just being a good listener. And um, and then that safety and stabilization is that first thing that may, may take a lot longer than you want it to. But, yeah. but the slow process in trauma is actually really normal. So yeah. um, their speed is the right speed. Um, and I'm praying, we're praying through it. I'm praying for them every time I'm meeting with them. It's um, It's kind of the process. We do that first before we get into what's going on and how do we process that? How do we look at that? Yeah, so that's really, that's so key. I mean, what you're saying, because trauma happens in, in relationship or in, because mm-hmm. of the lack of relationship, the intended relationship that we're created for. Mm-hmm. That's the way I like to think of it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and how, you know, so the first step in healing being, being relationship, a healing relationship, mm-hmm. a safe relationship, relationship mm-hmm. where, where they can bring their full self and and story and experiences and the sin and the suffering that they've they've experienced. I when I, I think of trauma. I think it, you know it's sin and it's suffering in an intense way that has like how, how you said it. It 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 uh, it goes to it affects body and soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just body. It's it's soul. It, the whole person is affected, mm-hmm. uh, but but how that happens because of the broken, the impact of sin on breaking relationship, mm-hmm. and recognizing that and recognizing the importance of that for for the healing process. So I, slowing down enough to to just mm-hmm. be present and listen and and invite uh, people into that space that is safe and where they're seen and heard. Mm-hmm. That t- that sometimes takes time, like you're saying. Yep. That, yeah. Yeah, it can take multiple sessions pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. I've even found like more than a couple, like because it's it's just so slow. Like you know, the resistance sometimes of that that can be present, right? Like the resistance mm-hmm. to to tell my story, which makes sense. Like it makes sense that well, if mm-hmm. this is the first time you're going to actually t- tell your story and move towards telling your story. Mm-hmm. That's a scary thing. And so the very fact that you've signed up for counseling or you're sitting here with somebody, you know, with the, where, where there's a potential that you're going to be asked to share and, and you're opening yourself up to that, that, man, that is so courageous. Yeah. Very courageous move to do that. I mean, it just takes your voice. Trauma takes your voice. And yeah. so now we're, doing our best to empower and encourage and, and let you have your voice back and, and let you have the truth back. Cause it just hijacks the truth. You know, it's, yeah. you've, you've been, that trauma has just deceived you and, 
and it is highly impacting everything you're doing. You know, it's clinically significant distress. You know, a lot of the work I do is complex PTSD. So now you're getting into multiple occurrences and multiple kinds all at once. And so it's an even more complex and long, long drawn out plan, which is fine. Um, but I want to make sure I go in on purpose and that I'm prepared for each session and that, and that they know what's going to go on for each session and that way they're not caught off guard. I mean, everything from a, a trigger plan to what are my triggers to what's the plan if I feel activated or if I feel panicky. Everything from grounding techniques to breathing to uh, safe contact with somebody who's my trusted resource I'm going to call. We write it down to like, who's the phone number you're going to call? Who's the first one you're going to call? Who are you going to call if that person doesn't answer? Um, I mean, even like the worst case scenario, emergency call, you're just going to call 911 or you're going to call the emergency hotline, um, stuff like that, even to that extent of um, even accountability with their, sometimes when they're the guys I work with CPTSD, they are on some kind of medication. So um, it's working in tandem with their caregiver, with mm-hmm. their um, their doctor and making sure that we know what's going on and where they're supposed to be taking as prescribed and um, just some accountability with that as they try to venture through getting through some of these things. Cause it's, it's like it's filed in the wrong part of your brain. So you've got fight or flight really in charge this whole time. So our thinking is taking a back seat. Mm. Um, and so we're trying to pray through that. We're trying to apply scripture to that and get it to where it's back to where we've got that decision-making back and it's, yeah. That a uh, fight or flight's not in control, and mm. it takes time. It just <clears throat> takes a lot of time. I love interweaving scripture through everything, um, through even breathing techniques. I've seen um, um, a lot of counselors start to do that in just the circles that I am involved in, and um, and it's just really cool. It's really cool to to be able to breathe in, and say scripture, and breathe out, and finish that scripture. I, it just been. I think it's been cool to mm-hmm. see that truth kind of come in even in as, as I'm it kind of connects body and soul uh, like I'm trying to breathe and regulate my body but I'm also in my soul hearing God's truth that, like he's not going to leave me or forsake me and I, I think it's, it's it's cool yeah, yeah. that's well I love what you said that trauma does is it takes away your voice and it takes away truth and so when in the healing of trauma we're we're restoring voice and restoring truth Mm -hmm. both of those are really really critical i mean maybe even you know uh, as just hearing you say that that that, uh, that's got me thinking like the differences between maybe a a secular approach to trauma healing and and a biblical gospel-centered approach is that truth piece that we're we're not just bringing truth we're we're, we are restoring voice which i think is absolutely biblical you know restoring voice Mm -hmm. to the voiceless and the vulnerable and Mm -hmm. um, god gives us voice there's so much there but but it is also voice plus truth and helping reframe our memories helping us to uh, recognize how God sees us, how God's 
what God says about himself and the world and being able to, to process that and, and receive that in a, in a safe and, and loving uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, then the connection of the body and soul, you know, it, that you're talking about there too. It, it, God mm-hmm. loves bodies. God made us body and soul. We're going to have bodies in, in glory, resurrected mm-hmm. bodies. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of it too, with them of going, it's not just counseling that I'm going, let's look at even wellness. Let's look at how are you caring for your body? I mean, I mean, you look at Jesus and all the things he talks about the body and you looked at, um, you know, how it's in trauma, just impacting the body and going, man, this is working on soul and, 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 and heart issues. But also we want you to, to look at your body and how are you caring for your body? You know, are you getting good sleep? Are you, are you eating what you're supposed to be eating? You know, are you um, even tired? I mean, I had a guy that was always tired and we're like, buddy, you need to go do a sleep study of like, let's, get you to where like if you're just always tired and you're having sleep issues to where you need a CPAP machine, then that can be provoking a lot of these things to where if you're just always tired, I mean we've heard the HALT acronym, the acronym, right? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired, you're more at risk of making an unwise decision no matter who you are. And yeah. so like let's let's work on those to go, let's get your body back in a good place. Yeah. So that it's not just provoking all those other things. Like, how are you supposed to be dealing with some of these traumatic events when you are always tired? And mm-hmm. so you're always irritable and like, man, let's care for the whole yeah. person. Um, you're caring for yourself now in counseling, but also let's get you in a, in a wellness program. Let's get you, you know, walking at least 30 minutes a day, or let's mm-hmm. get you in some relationships that are trustworthy, you know, um, which is where that the church body, I'm like, man, the, Church is where this should all happen. Like, the, yeah. I mean, some people have that church hurt, um, but also like it should be. The church should be that place to where it should be the safe place. And it should be that place to where you're building healthy relationships um, and you're walking it out together. But it's, you know, it's, it's body and soul, even with the body, that wellness is becoming a bigger deal. Um, even in the um, biblical counseling world of going, man, you need like gut health. Gut health is mental health. You know, we hear that more and more of, yeah. you know, are you are you taking care of yourself well? Not just spiritual life, but also like physical and caring. So I think it all is all holistic care is another thing of thinking about that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, there is, there does seem to be a recovery of that. I, I don't know if recovery is the right word because, you know, there's a, uh, a recognition of, this, this, um, the, the way God has created us body and soul that, that is mm-hmm. encouraging, I think in, in the biblical counseling movement, there's more mm-hmm. conversation around that. My, my hope is that that continues. It's, it's obviously, it's so complex that like we have to be careful, but for, for so long, we've really neglected the, the, the conversation around the role of the body and sanctification and in the life of of, yeah. of, of, in spiritual formation. And I mean, so much like I, I think about, can you name the books about the, the evangelical books on the body that are popular or, you know, that you've read, I I'll ask people that, and it's hard to name, name them because mm-hmm. they're, they're not, there's not many. Uh, mm-hmm. Nancy Piercy has a wonderful book, love thy body. 
Matthew Lee mm-hmm. Anderson, his book Earthen Vessels is great. Uh, Sam Elbury has a new newish book on the body. Yep. Uh, but you know, the, those books, I think, you know, each of the, all of three of those, uh, have been written within the last, you know, five years, maybe 10, if mm-hmm. that, and, uh, and, and, and so we just don't talk about that enough, but yet God in the Bible is all about the body along as yeah. well as the soul, this physical yeah, about- and the spiritual together, you know, that's, that's the whole reality of the Lord's supper is the physical and the spiritual mm-hmm. together. Right. Mm-hmm. It's all about that holistic care. And especially, I think it's, especially talking about trauma. I think it's important because you're, you're looking at very slow holistic care and yeah. not just, not just with one counselor, but like with a team and, mm-hmm. and combining with church and it's just, it's just really slow and it's holistic and, It's a very intriguing subject, complicated subject to think about, and it's. I just continue to learn. It's a case by case basis, and it shows no favoritism. It, it impacts everybody. Yeah, yeah. What What would you say? I mean, what are you seeing, in 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 terms of people that you're meeting with, just the church at large, when it when it comes to this whole topic of trauma that can, I mean, in some ways today it's, it's, it, it's become a buzzword, so mm-hmm. to speak, but you know, so there's, there's some concern that, man, we're just listening to culture by, you know, now talking about trauma and being, and being concerned with being trauma informed, you know, that's mm-hmm. just culture, uh, yeah. reactivity, um, uh, what have you seen? How how have you navigated that? Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I try to stay away from the buzzwords, but like but trauma is kind of also one of those things where like what's just it's also a, a medical term trauma. Like it's um when we get into like when we get into those forms of the word of like traumatized and stuff like that of or trauma informed and like we gotta be really careful, I think, when we let something outside of church influence inside the church when it's not when it's not faith-based it's not at all and so i think it's just caring caring well for people we were at one of the church plants i was involved in we were um, training trying to train our all our community group leaders to have some basic training on how to handle situations and and what are the steps if that situation happens to where there's a line of just when it's that traumatic and where you think they need um, some professional help to where like this, you know, the, the church should be counseling the church period. But sometimes in my opinion, there's some, um, there's some additional help that needs um, assistance when it's um, to a certain level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I want to know who that counselor is. I want to know like, yeah. are they Christians? Like what's their method? What's going on? Like, I want to make sure I know, who it is, but sometimes it takes somebody who specializes in that because especially with trauma, our big hearts can do more harm because we get so excited. Uh, We have our big hearts to care for the people like that. And then um, we rush in too quick and we want them to tell their story. And 
it's okay. I'm safe. You can tell your story to me what happened. And like, they're not ready. You're not ready. You're getting secondhand trauma now because of what happened. You know, you're re-traumatizing them. I mean, so many things can happen, but especially in, in church, like just have some basic um, training on how to handle really hard conversations. It's really more about discipleship. And even when discipleship gets a little, gets um, a little complex um, and what to do when you feel like, what am I going to do? How do I help the situation? You know, when it gets to that level, even when it does deal with trauma to where, and you just being with them and being their friend and praying with them can be incredible. can be an incredible blessing to them. And you being that trustworthy person that, that they've not really experienced very much, then you being Jesus to that person can be huge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. isn't it, uh, isn't it first Peter that talks about arm yourself with the same way of thinking about suffering that Jesus did. And so, I mean, if we're talking about trauma. I mean, the numero uno trauma is Jesus on the cross. And, um, and according to Acts 2, it was impossible to keep him down. So he, mm-hmm. you know, he got up afterwards. And so he knows the full length, width, breadth of all that stuff. And yet talks about, you know, arm yourself with the same way of thinking, even mm-hmm. suffering. And I think it's more about just coming alongside people and loving people well and not letting it be so complicated. If they need some um, additional help with that individual situation, like trauma, and you don't feel like it's something you can handle, then like, then you be their friend and you love them well and share Christ with them. And um, if they need that additional help, they can do that to a trusted Christian counselor. But it's hard when you get some of these buzzwords and you get the whole, you know, how does psychology fit into this? What's going on? When do we refer? When do we not? I think when trauma gets to a point to where my intentions are, are great and, and I mean, even be like, these are godly intentions here, but I, I'm just not skilled on how to handle the situation. Sometimes if I rush in too quick, um, then I can, I can re-traumatize. Yeah. So I don't want to do that, but I also want to disciple them well and love them well. I mean, that's what Jesus did, right? He met them where they were at. When he knew they were traumatized, he saw it and he just, he met them where they're at. And he saw them for who they were um, mm. and came in and, and was just there, you know. I think it's, sure, you could say trauma or traumatized, but I think it's like, it's just learning to do life with people and mm. it's, people so it's gonna be messy and if you feel like you need some extra help then you can you know talk to your pastor and let them you know help you help them um mm-hmm. in those situations that seem like it's a little too intense or uncomfortable um to an extent because i mean part of it's going to be uncomfortable because it's messy but um, yeah but yeah i think some basic training yeah. would would help i mean even the, the pastors the church planters and pastors i've talked to they're dealing with trauma because now they're talking to me because they've had to address this situation that was um, a really intense, dangerous situation. Or had to hear about how this person just went through this a few years ago. And it was, I mean, it was life-threatening and um, just the intensity of it has now drained them. And now they're meeting with me. So I would technically look and go, you're kind of secondhand trauma here like you know secondhand smoke your secondhand trauma there's 
Yeah. You've got to care for yourself as you're trying to care for them, especially when you're going to hear some really rough things. And it's in churches. It's the churches doing it and pastors going, man, it's just, it's wearing me out. And so now you're going to get into something that they call compassion fatigue. Yeah. And being cautious of that, you know, how do I love God and serve others well? But when I get into some of the messiness of that, not have compassion fatigue. So that's so helpful. Um, I mean, you mentioned in that, uh, the, the being cautious or the potential danger of having somebody tell their story and re-traumatizing them. Can you just clarify that? Like what, Mm -hmm. when should someone be concerned about that? What, 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 what's your encouragement mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, you know, asking somebody to, to, and, and sincerely sometimes with great intentions to, to tell you their story, but you know, yeah. with the fear of not, and the desire to not, not re-traumatize yeah. somebody. Yeah. We don't want them to, you don't want to just come in and go right out of the, right out of the shoot. Okay. Well, let's well, tell me exactly what happened, you know, um, or, um, or even when someone's grieving of coming in and just immediately throwing all the scripture out, it's like you're coming in trying to fix immediately. I think those situations can do more harm than you want them to. And so you need to look at it and go, what, I don't want them to relive the event. Mm-hmm. I want to minister to them. So I want to be able to meet with them for, I want to just be there be a presence for them. You may sit with them and. And they tell you what happened. And if, sure, if they feel like, like they want to talk, then it's their choice on what they're saying or sharing. Then great. But yeah, it's giving them for that you, voice. Giving yeah, give them that voice. If they want to share, then I'll, by all means, you know, like you're going to, you know, listen as much as you can and, and, and pray for them. And then when they're ready to that point, then you can, um, walk through scriptures with them and um, like even with trauma I mean we can look at crucifixion we can you can look at I mean Tamar Old Testament you can look at many different situations um, I mean even like like Lamentations I mean Job Job Lamentations talks about you know his mercies are new but the backdrop is a city in ruins and so yeah. you know you're looking through all these different stories and then walking through them but I would just caution people right out of the gate just to come in and go, well, just tell me all the details so I can know. And like, I don't want them to relive their story. I want to be able to sit with them and then empower them and walk in discipleship with them. Um, Like I'm working with a few couples to where they're in discipleship with their home church, but then he see the, the husband is seeing me for a specific issue. Uh, for a specific thing that we're working through. And so um, I think that's kind of what needs to happen when it's to a level to where I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. Like he needs, or she needs some more help here. And that's where I'm referring to my pastor and going, what do we, what, what do we do? But then also it's just that basic discipleship, you know, I'm just that ministry of presence and being there with them. And, Mm. you know, how can I love you today? How can I pray for you? Or even noticing, like, when I had somebody the other day go, like, I know they've had a rough time 
And so I'm just going to tell him, Hey, I'm coming over. I'm mowing your yard because mm-hmm. it's, it's high. And I know that's something you guys don't want to do right now, you know, because they'd been through something that was really difficult. And um, they just said, Hey, just let you know, I'm, you're going to hear the mower. Is it okay if I mow today? Sure. Well, I'm, I'm going to come mow your yard. Anything else you need done? We're going to watch some funny movies. We Can you just come sit with us? There you go. Perfect. You know, we're not, we're not going back through their story or if they want to share, they can, I can pray for them. But I'm, I mean, even Proverbs says that, you know, a quick answer is foolish. I think it's Proverbs 18 that talks about that. Looking through and going, man, I just want to be a good listener and meet them where they're at and just be that, that Christ-like presence and let them share when they're ready. I don't want to just jump in and try to do things so quick that I'm trying to fix things and yeah. it just, it can do more harm than good. Although my heart can be, I have great intentions, but jumping in so quick like that can be, can be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Love the love what you're saying in terms of the, it's not a either or, you know, if it's trauma, then it has to be a professional counselor and mm-hmm. the church now has to just kind of delegate outside to, to someone who, who who's an expert. Uh, but, but maybe it's, it can be a both and that, that mm-hmm. ideally people are, are, are getting the help, the expert specialized care they need when mm-hmm. they need that, but not divorced or separated from the, the support and the love of the community. Yeah. Um, that, that is so critical. So, in, you know, the best case scenario is the church is being the church and, and loving the mm-hmm. person, supporting the person, walking this person through mm-hmm. a process of, of healing and, and, and maybe partnering with a counselor, partnering with a professional. That's, mm-hmm. that's one of my greatest joys and is what we do in the gospel care collective is not replacing what the church is doing yeah. or even being a place to, to, outsource care, but to come alongside the church and supplement the care that hopefully is happening in the church and to, and to partner with the church, partner with pastors, partner with individuals, small groups, you know, as they walk with people through the inevitable big T traumas, small D traumas, mm-hmm. suffering and the brokenness of this world because of sin. And then where churches maybe are, are not equipped to do that, to help them, to equip them, to provide training and I think that there's a lot of hope for the church as, as, uh, as I, I love too, you know, and I agree, you know, it's it, and at the heart of it, it's discipleship. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not something different than that. It's like, make disciples, which is bring people into relationship with Jesus and restore that relationship. See that help see, you know, and there's a mystery how we we can't do, I mean, it's the spirit that does that through us and Mm -hmm. work of God, but it's this work of restoration, a work of bringing what has been broken because of sin and suffering back to wholeness. And, uh, and that's holistic. It's body, soul, and that we're moving to, yeah. towards the day when we will be restored and made whole in every part of us. And yeah. uh, and so I do. I look at trauma in that through that lens, that biblical lens of 
wholeness and restoration and um yeah, it will never be perfect this side of glory yeah but yeah we do what we can and it's 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 just you call it discipleship holistic discipleship being like jesus caring like jesus i think you said earlier yeah yeah and that trauma i mean you bring that up that trauma has an expiration date yeah our, our god does not our god does not yeah that pain and everything else it has an expiration date it is limited yeah. and our god is not limited and so i think that's part of it like i teach lament a lot with the people i work with of just being able to um i mean it's it's tcat turn complain ask trust mm. and i'm trusting even though my feelings are not there so mm. i'm choosing to trust and letting my feelings get caught up later there's that one and then also i've heard um, I saw that uh, Jared Wilson had posted something said it's not behave first, it's behold, and then the behave comes afterwards. But we always want to behave so that we can behold who God is. When they're like, yeah. no, that first step is behold who God is and what He's done for us. Mm-hmm. That's what changes us, and that's what causes that behavior to to change and the worship to change. Um, yeah. And that's kind of my goal with the people I meet with is that they would. They would behold who God is, not who they think God is in their head, but who the Bible says God is. Yeah. Um, and they'd also recognize who the Bible says that they are. You know, if you are in Christ, you're a new creation. You are you are blameless. You are beloved. You, you know, as far as he has cast your sin, as far as east is from the west, he remembers it no more. You know, like they would become to, to believe and be convinced of those things. Um, but there's also those things in their life that I see that has just, you know, shook up the truth in their life and questioned that. And so now a lot of what I do is narrative kind of therapy to where we look back, even with the church planters that I work with, we go back further and go, there's this belief that is in you. What is it? And then where did it start? How far does that go back? And then maybe we can go, no wonder why you believe that. But what does God's truth say? Am I really believing that? So it's almost confessional, you know, even the traumatic stuff. I have to admit that when 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 mom died of cancer, I believed God failed me. Mm-hmm. I have to confess that and go, yeah, I've planted multiple churches and been in ministry for a long time. But when my mom died of cancer, now I'm questioning does God really love me? Or I'm questioning, I'm questioning going like God failed me. I mean, it just, it gets shook, but that's that whole lament is being able to go. I mean, look at Psalms. Well, God, where did you go? Yeah. Um, you know, cause would you please come back? Would you show your face? Cause I know you're good. I just don't feel it, but I know you're good. Um, yeah. I know you've never left me. I just don't feel it, but I, but I know it. And so, that's that a lot of the trauma work I do is try to slowly get there and but it's a case by case basis. But mm. that's what I love what Gospel Care Collective does is how we partner with the church and how we try to equip and we're we're not just that out we don't want to be that we're referral and we don't want to be the replacement. We need to be like, no, the the church is better equipped than they think they are. You know? Yeah. Uh, they can get intimidated by some of the level of hurt but they're better equipped than they think they are. Yeah. Um, and they can be more of a help than they think they are because that's how 
you know, God designed the body to be the church to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I love that about gospel care that we can be that help in that structure and even the training to go, Hey, you, you can actually, you can do this. You Mm -hmm. can be more of that. You don't have to just get intimidated or go, Oh, this is too much outsource. Like a lot of that can be, be in there. Cause I think sometimes when it gets so intense, it really turns out to be a medical issue. Mm. Like when you're dealing with severe mental illness and things like that, then those outsourced things is really a medical issue, which I want the medical people to deal with medical things. I'm not a medical person. I'm right. not going to do well on that. I'm going to yeah. really mess that up because I don't have that training. But a lot of the church, I think can do that. And that's why I love what gospel care does. It's a part of it. Yeah. That's an interesting thing that you to think about, and I've I've been thinking about that recently uh, in terms of like the things that are medical versus the things that are spiritual. It's like the church says, and we believe for a long time, like we'll handle the spiritual stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, if it's medical or physiological, that's what your doctor does, and it's mm-hmm. like we have these two categories that that just seem like they're they're neat and tidy categories. If, if we just, you stay in your lane, I'll stay in our, my lane and mm-hmm. um, we can mutually respect one another. But, uh, but you know, like I've had some, some medical doctors uh, that I've worked with over the years that have referred clients to me and, and conversations with those guys like that. There, there are situations that it, it is, it is clearly medical. It's physiological. And then there's clearly situations that it's it's a spiritual emotional issue. Mm-hmm. But then what do you do with those those issues in life that are a combination of both? Where it's not really clear. Is this physiological? Is this emotional, spiritual? Like what is it? And I I've the more I've talked with doctors, the more I've talked with pastors that have haven't been pastoring a long time. It's like they're both wrestling with the same thing. Like there's a complexity and an interplay between the body and the soul that, that is real. Mm-hmm. And I find sometimes people feel like their pastor says, well, Hey, go see your doctor for this issue. And then the, they go see their doctor and their doctor's like, well, man, this is, I think this is an emotional issue. I think this is, you know, and, and sometimes they're really saying mm-hmm. this is trauma. They may not use that term. And so that's, a, I, I think an interesting place where, Again, as you talk about like kind of the growth in the biblical counseling movement, uh, in terms of learning and and developing categories for body soul that 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 I I hope my hope is that we can better serve people, not replacing and becoming the medical professionals and not yeah. becoming, you know, replacing pastors, but being uh, able to serve in that space where we can help navigate. Uh, the complexity of of that body soul, you know, working together as a team with doctors where needed, pastors and counselors, being the community, being being the church in that way. Yeah, because it it's not it's not always clear. It's not no. It's not black and no. white. I wish it was right. I wish it was like yeah. oh, okay. I know exactly what this issue is and who you need to see to help you. Yep. It's usually yeah. like, oh man, I, there, there, there's a complexity. And then sometimes there's just a mystery to, to it. Like we may mm-hmm. never have an answer for, for why 
Yeah. I mean, you can get into stuff like somatic, somatic pain and chronic pain that just doesn't seem to end and doctors don't know what's going on. And well, then well, where does God fit into that? And so um, that's why I think it's just a unique, it's a unique situation of, of what's going on, but you want to do best you can to um, get the best picture you can before we start solving. We have to seek to understand first. Um, and we want to make sure that like, okay, we know it's, it's not this, it's not that, um, but we're going to continue to do discipleship regardless mm-hmm. um, and, and meet them where they're at. And then, cause you can, you can do it. Like I had palpitations and was thinking I was having heart issues. And so that was in the midst of church planting. And so we were thinking what's going on. I didn't know what these were. They just started. Am I okay? Um, now I'm having panic attacks. And I went to the doctor. I went to the cardiologist and they had they did all the tests and everything was clear. Even the EKG showed my heartbeat was being off. And he said, what do you want me to tell you? Lower your stress. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the stage fright medicine, which is a tiny little pill. And he said, you can take it if you need to. Um, just take it as needed. And I learned that just having it in my bag helped me. Never took any of it, but because it was in my bag, it helped me. So it shows you like, okay, this isn't medical. All this, all this, everything turned out to be, everything was fine. Um, But it was, it was, it was a, a a personal, it was a a mental and faith-based issue um, of fear and worry and, and stress and all these things had led up to it. And I wasn't caring for myself. And so, um, I, it's just good to get the biggest picture. So we're continuing with discipleship, but also is this something that you need to talk to your medical doctor about, you know, tell them, you know, do your test and okay. It was all clear. He's saying, you know, maybe this is stress induced. All right. Well then you're in discipleship with your church and you're walking this and taking care of yourself and, um, and seeing where God leads and you're praying for healing. You know, God heals people. I've seen that in the, in our men's shelter. I mean, I've got guys where I say, buddy, you need a different name because you're a different person. Mm-hmm. You, you were, you came into our program a year ago and, and now a year later, different desires, different, you know, passions, different responses of like, man, God has dramatically healed you while you've been here and you've been, you know, off, <laughs> off drugs and alcohol now for a year and two days. Cause you did it two days before you came into the program. But like, there's different people. You can see, like, they met the Lord. They they got saved. They got baptized in one of the local churches, and they started serving church and getting in here. Like, God got healed them. We prayed for them the whole time and got healed them. Mm. So, by all means, God can can heal all that stuff. But it's just you got to continue. You got to cover all your bounds. Sometimes you got to look at everything to go. Yeah, I need to seek to understand first before I solve, and I need to be a good listener and try to do the best I can. Uh, with what's going on because it's just not a one size fits all. So, and I mean, God works through all that. And so spirit moves and says, you know, Hey, you should try this, you know, or, or try that, or, you know, mm. um, as you're praying through and being discipled by your church, I think that, I think you can be, you know, led by the spirit, not the flesh. Then mm. there's lots of things that can come in and you always want to do your best to, you know, make sure that we see everybody. Like, if it is a medical thing, then well, let's go make sure. Like, my palpitations and my panic, 
like, is this something going on? Is, is, am I, cause I could feel my heart being off. So, and it was off, the test showed it, but everything else was completely clear and all the levels were fine. And we were able to cross that off and go, okay, now we can try to solve the issue. Um, but it would mean it being more of a heart issue. Mm. You know, I'm dealing with my heart and otherwise it's just symptom care. And so, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I always tell people, do your best to be slow and you got to see the whole picture. Cause if you only see half the picture and you say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Then when you get the whole picture, you may see, Oh, whoops, I was wrong. Mm. So especially in trauma care, being slow and making sure you know the best picture you can get. And then you can know, okay. And you're being led by the spirit of God, help me give me the words to speak or give me the mouth to be quiet, you know, or whatever that is. Um, But it's complicated, but it's not complicated for the Lord. You know, like God's, yeah, God's not confused. God is in control. He's not caught off guard by these things. So I'm just continuing to trust in him as He's allowed me to walk with people, but it's a mm. big honor. It's a big honor to be able to do that with people, that they would let me walk with them in these things is just mm. um, really encouraging and that they would let me do that. So yeah, praise yeah. The Lord. I, feel, I feel the same way. It's like, man, what, what a privilege, what a privilege to, to enter into this, these spaces with people and, and yeah. see, see the Lord work and explore things that are, are so difficult and, maybe feel impossible to, to overcome or even, even face, but with help and with community recognize we're not alone. And with the time and the space and the patience that mm-hmm. begins to hope begins to stir up or yeah. hope is hope begins to arise. That's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And There's always hope. Yeah. Amen, brother. It may not be like it, but there's hope. Yeah. Man, well, thank you so much for taking this time and sharing. Um, we'll, 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 we'll have more conversations to come. Yeah. Lord willing. Absolutely, man. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Gospel Care Podcast. I know this was a hard topic and we talked about a lot of different things when it comes to hurt and trauma and pain. And if you need help, if you're looking for counseling, or if you know somebody that is looking for counseling that is trauma informed, uh, please reach out to us. We'd love to help you. We'd love to serve you. You can reach out at gospelcarecollective.com. Again, that's gospelcarecollective.com. You'll find information on our counseling services, as well as what we offer for training. We, our passion is to train the church and help the church to become trauma-informed, help the church step in and care for people. Our role as uh, counselors is to come alongside the church. And if that would be of help to you, please visit our website, reach out to us. Again, we would love to serve you. And thanks again for listening to this podcast episode.